Hallelujah. Come on, say, I have a great destiny in God. Uh, this morning, we kickstart this uh, great series on destiny. And for those of us that attended midweek services uh, this uh, uh, last week, I, I charged everybody in the church. I, I, I said, remember why you are here. Don't ever be carried away with the togetherness in terms of, okay, uh, it's a church. Uh, don't be carried away with the crowd. God brought you here for a purpose. And um, while uh, Pastor Jide was taking the um, welcome charge, he mentioned that this place is a transformation center. And that's the reason why you are here, to be transformed. Not just to be attending church and I say, I'm going to church or marking time. Jesus, the head of the church, must be seen to transform our lives. Glory to God. I, I want you to see the church as a spiritual factory. Where you put in, you know, in a factory, you put in raw materials. And then through various processes and processings, you have a very beautiful product. Many of the beautiful products we enjoy did not start the way they look. They started raw, many dirty, many fragmented, and then they began to couple them together. And most of the time, uh, when the product shows up, it's always colorful, beautiful, far better than where we started from. So if you're in a church and there are, we don't see transformation in your life, then you've got to question yourself. There must be, I mean, there must be a difference. They put in, the, look at buildings, they put in the blocks, the cements, you see the mixer, mixing everything. It looks dirty. And they begin to construct and construct. But at the end of the day, you find a beautiful building. Far beautiful. Far more attractive than where they started from. So this place is not just uh, a place you come and sit down and, oh, I like the songs, I enjoy the worship, I have this friend, I have that friend. I want you to be destiny-minded. After two years, after three years, five years, your product, the Abrahamic product, must begin to show up in your life. And believe me, for that to happen, you must allow yourself to be processed. The raw materials you put in the, in the factory, you know, any part of the materials that would not respond to processing will not come out well. So don't come to church to mark time. Come to be transformed. Come to become a better you. Let, let what, what God has ordained for your destiny, your marriage, your health, and then your eternity with God let it begin to show up in your life. So please, you want to surrender yourself for processing. And how do you surrender yourself for processing? It's allowing what you are learning to enter into your spirit. And then practicing what you are taught. Don't come to church and then learn so many things and then don't do anything. If it is teachings on prayers, apply it. If it is teachings on consecration, apply it. Teachings on hospitality, love, kindness, apply it. Teachings on finance, givings. As long as it's based on God's word and you know it, apply it. I'm, I'm, I'm saying this because it's easier for you to be in a church for 10 years and have nothing to show. Just marking time. And the joy... Of a, what do you call those who handle factory? Is it factory maker or? Of the manufacturer is to see that all these ingredients I'm putting together is beginning to show up better. As some of us have been in this church for years, some five years, some seven years, you might need to just review yourself. Am I just marking time? Am I just carrying title on my head? Is there any reflection of what this pastor has been telling me in the last five years? Am I even applying it? Or I'm just playing games behind the scene? Because it's easier to come to church, we're all well-dressed, you know. We come, 
people turn the other hand. Everybody looks fine. But some people from Monday to Friday never applied anything that they were told to do. And then when you don't apply it, it will, it will show. You will not be left behind. Say, I will not be left behind. Now, this charge is important because it's, it's, a, it's a destiny series. I remember when we were on campus, as a campus pastor, I used to shout the same thing. I was in like part two then. I used to say, ah, let's take this thing serious. In the next five years, where will you be? All these things we're applying. Will it show up in your academics? Will it show up in your future? Then it looks like the cry of a noisy man. And then little by little, we started graduating from school. And then NYSC. And then the differences began to show in the lives of people. Some that were just attending fellowship, but playing games behind the scene. It began to show in their lives. And it's still showing in some people's lives still today. And some others that were, in quote, foolish enough to apply what we're saying, the glory started showing. You know, because seed, time, and what? Harvest shall not cease. Oh, there'll be a time. You're applying it. But the harvest, the fruits will show up. So when they teach giving, don't hide in the church as a pastor or a minister or a leader and you don't give. I don't have to know, but it will show up in your finance. You may end up being a beggar in the church while others are buying things. When they teach about humility, loving your wife, treating your wife fine, and you don't, you don't care, you don't want to even listen, it will show. When other marriages are getting sweeter, you might end up in divorce. Whatsoever a man sows, that shall, when they teach these things, take it to heart. The students that will not learn in class, we have problems in exam. Because it's not only about teaching. It's easier to brag. My pastor has the word. Oh, when we come to Global Impact Church, we learn the word. Is that where it ends? That which you are learning, are you applying it? We talk about blessing the less privileged. Are, are, you, are you doing it? Or you are so selfish like, ah, me, I even need help. I don't even have time for them. Later, when God bless me, I will give them. You might really be in need for a long time. The things we are learning here are precious things. And some argue. Some, some even reject it in their heart. But they still come to church. But it will show up one day. You know, I, I left school at 2000 there about... Around that 95, 96, when I was shouting those things, it looked like 2000 will never come. Because we're not used to that kind of um, year, you know. We are used to 1985, 1992, So 2000 looks like uh, uh, Jesus will even come. And events happen all over the world that it looks like, ah, by 2000, rapture will just happen. So many people were careless. And then 2000 came. Heaven and I did not shake. And in 2001, do you know this is 16 out of it now? I'm sure you know that 2020 is just knocking. I'm sure you know that. That 2020 is just knocking. And it's just like four years plus from now. If the things you are learning, you can put it to work now, that 2020, the difference should be clear in our lives. Christianity, working with God, is not what you do in the church service. Anybody can act as a Christian in the church. I'm sure you know that. You say, we're all covenant children. Anybody can do that. Bless you. you know, we, have, we have the language. Bless you. Bless you, brother. Greater glory, glory greater. <laughs> you know, all, all those exchange. But the real deal is, the things you are learning, how is it on Monday? How is it on Tuesday? What steps are you taking on Wednesday? How are you handling it on Friday? It's the accumulation of all those things that determines your outcome. I was uh, uh, in the leadership school uh, taking my class yesterday. And I said, um, leaders are not built in a day. They are built daily. Leaders are not built in a day. They are built daily. Right things done daily compound into success. 
Wrong things done daily compound into failure. When they say somebody has diabetes because of excess sugar, it wasn't the cubes it took the day before, was it? Was it? Is it that the day before or the week before, he just carried one St. Louis packet and started eating it? No, it's the wrong things done daily. The two bottles of um, what they call soft drinks one day, the extra chocolate the next day, the excessive donuts the third day, is the accumulation that results in that. Or the man that wins in the boxing ring, is it that the previous day he practiced so well that he now won the next day? No. It's the daily exercise. Waking up by 5 a.m., boxing like a madman. I'm sure you've seen some of them before. On, I mean, when I'm coming in the morning at times, just somebody on the road. <laughs> Fighting mosquitoes, you know. And then doing all those things, it is those things done daily that compound into success. The day you graduated, is it the exam you passed the previous week that made you graduate? No. It's the four years, five years, the term papers, the exams, the classes you attended, on and on, the accumulation resulted in the graduation. So we must not confuse success with celebration of success. The day you graduated is the day you are celebrating the success. But you already succeeded with the daily things you are doing. So when you miss it on that phase of the daily investment, you are sure to have something wrong. Going up one day, a man came to see John Maxwell. Uh, I think it was his friend. And he was crying. Ah, he said, um, I said, what happened to you? He said, uh, my marriage failed last night. Ah. He said, he said, he just patted him and said, no, your marriage did not fail last night. The failure just showed up last night. He said, you have been a bad boy. Don't make it look like some, we just fought one day and we are separating. No, you've been bad. All the disrespect to your husband, bit by bit. All the attitude from the husband to the wife, bit by bit, small by small, accumulated for three, four years, can lead to such things. And that Daily pay is a blessing. It's a blessing because it's easier for any human being to pay it. If God demanded that people should do some things on a particular day only to succeed, not everybody can do that. But God has made life so well that everyone can read at least two chapters per day. Everyone can pray 30 minutes per day. Everyone can, can do some, some things daily. And then you now have what they call compound interest with least success. So Satan, we want to attack your daily investment. Because when you miss it there, something's going to show up one day. One day. All the sudden blessings that we see in the life of Joseph. You, you agree that it didn't happen the week before. We all know his story. How he has been investing every week, every year. And then suddenly an explosion. So leaders are not built in a day. They are built daily. So all the things we are learning because, uh, uh, believe me, preaching the word of God to us is not really about preaching a new thing. Right? It's not really about, you know, saying something, ooh, that was awesome, you know. Uh, but the many that we have heard get down to practicing it daily. Um, somebody asked me one day, uh, Pastor, you come to church and you preach. Ah, we enjoy it. Sometimes I, I wonder, how do you do it? It looks like, is it that you spend the whole day studying? If what I would preach today, I have to learn it on Saturday, it won't have any impact. It's, it will be unprocessed food. Do you understand that? I learned long time ago that you preach and minister from your overflow. So the things you are hearing perhaps have been processed over the years. So what you want to do is every day you load up. You load up. You learn. You read. You are studying. Tongues here. One CD there. One, two chapters there. You are loading up. And, and the Holy Ghost is churning it. You know. So the, the food is often ready. And then when you want to serve it, just scoop it out and serve. It's already there. You preach from your overflow. The day you start preaching from the bottom of your spiritual port, you enter depression. So some people are giving out so much more than they are putting in. You'll be depressed. You, you mean 
start from your overflow. And that's how it should be in our lives. Daily investment. So as we go into this second half, as we teach about destiny, every day matters. It matters a lot. Every day, the little here, the confession you are making there, the steps you are doing there, as you know, you might not notice it, but God has a record. And it begins to accumulate and begins to come together. And then suddenly, something happens one day. When that suddenly happens, people just say, wow, the guy just succeeded overnight. It never happens overnight. You've been doing some things. Behind every glory, there's a story. You will have your own story. You will have your own story. You will have your own story. When God met Abraham in Genesis 12. Genesis 12. I, I want to just be as basic. I, I said that on Thursday. I just, I mean, when I was preparing for this series, you know, uh, we're we doing restoration witness this in, in um, Surulere. And, and God said, just look at it. Everyone that had an encounter with me had their destiny changed for the better. And tell them, people should not run away from Jesus. They should run to him. Everyone that had an encounter with me had their story changed. For Not the people that met a church. Not the people that met a friend in the church. The people that met Christ. Because sometimes you come to church for paracoism's sake. Some go to church because it's closer to my house. No, no. Everyone that encountered Christ himself had their destiny changed. So, so this is the foundation for this series. That no matter what you have been carrying from the natural lineage, where you are from, you know, family, from Ogumosho, from, uh, mention those names. What's your own village? Orome. Urome. What's your own, sir? Ekoma, what's your home, huh? Are you from Lagos? Where in Lagos? It's a lehen, that's the real one. It's a leko. What about your own? Eh? Igomino. Oh, you need Christ, man. <laughs> <laughs> Where is that, Igomino? Quara State. What about you, sir? Lagos Island. You hear all kinds of places. God is good. We all need Jesus. Amen. Now, wherever you are from, Many things we picked up from those roots, majority of which are negatives. Wrong upbringing, curses, and somehow people begin to define their destinies based on that. Now, what changes the equation is Peter meeting Christ. And it changes what the father told him to a new life. So you find that Peter met Christ on a day. And suddenly Christ said, man, you're, you're a different man from today. I will make you fishers of men. Igomina cannot make you that. <laughs> Your parents cannot make you that. But Christ will make you that. If it was left to Igomina, Peter would remain a fisherman. Peter would be a non-entity perhaps. But meeting Christ resurrects destiny. Changes destiny. And, and that is why your greatest celebration should be your salvation in him. Now, I mean, Abraham, the general uh, story we read severally, when God met him, what did God tell him? I will make of you what? A great nation. That's what happens when you encounter God in Christ. I will make of you. He didn't say, ha, ah, you will suffer, Abraham. You will really suffer. Your, your life will be so bad. But you find that almost everything that was going wrong in Abraham's life began to go right. Even Sarah that could not conceive was able to conceive. And then he had a child called Isaac, a great child. And you can see the evolution of a great destiny. So when you now think about your destiny, think it in terms of what Christ has made you, not what Igomina has said. Because well, we can't, before we get into details of destiny, how somebody sees himself matters a lot. I'm from the southwest Nigeria. There is this fear about destiny. It looks like something that you cannot control. That if that destiny says you will die on your way to Ibadan, what can you do? And all the things that they say about destiny is often negative. 
read. If your destiny, if your head says you will marry a wrong wife, no matter, even when you see a good one, you reject it. Because your destiny says you must marry a wrong wife. Why should your own destiny be even be saying that, self? Hmm? In, in Yoruba land, they call it akole. That is what has been written. I mean, just review it in your mind. God sat down and looked at you and said, okay, you. His own creation, you. Okay. When you are traveling to Berlin, your plane will crash. Amen? Amen. God with his own pen, right? Just imagine, because people don't know what they say. God, will you write that by your own child? That you, my child, I love you so much. Cancer will deal with you for three years, then you will die. Amen. Come on. But outside Christ, Satan can enforce that. But in Christ, the definition changes. Oh, everything changes. Everything changes. Every, and I, I like you not to look at it from a religious perspective. You know, it, it's like when you hear that somebody met somebody, his life changed. Somebody met somebody, his life changed. You met somebody, and you now hear it. You want to meet somebody, isn't it? Oh, yes. And you look at scriptures. All the people that Christ met up with. There was a woman carrying his dead son on the way out of the city of Nain. Widow woman. The only son was dead and they were crying and they were crying. Unfortunately for her, Jesus was entering that city at that time. And they didn't even ask Jesus. He just looked at the pain and the sorrow and stopped them and turned a funeral into a celebration. That is Jesus. So if you are, if you, so I don't know what you have been carrying from Igomina. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Your name shall be plenty today. <laughs> Whatever you have been carrying, generational matters, fears of poverty, fears of the future, fear of making it. Look at everyone that met Christ and that opened up to him and let your expectation change. Let your definition of destiny change. Glory to God. I said glory to God. Now, we had a video um, showing about Jesus. Um, I have a problem with those videos. They make us see Christ from one weak perspective. Thank God for the process. Of course, he died on the cross. But if you keep looking at him with that eye, you will not have faith in him like that. He's not dead. He's resurrected. And believe me, I said that on Thursday, some of us were around. The Jesus in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is not the same one after resurrection. Hmm. The difference is between light and darkness. I mean, look at all the miracles he did. But when he resurrected, the status are awesome. And I wish that kind of video, as much as they start with the beatings and the crucifixion, they can also reflect his resurrection. It's there in Revelation. Nobody's putting that together in the videos. So you find that when people look at those pictures, they see one religious Jesus. Hmm. Look at Revelation. Let me just give you a clip of that. Revelation chapter 1. Media, please wake up. Revelation chapter 1 verse 10. You need to see him and, and, and know who he is now. He's resurrected. Glory to God. He has received for us power, riches, all kinds. The one you are looking at now, it doesn't look like he has received it. Revelation 1.10. I was in the spirit on the last day. This is John in the book of Revelation. You know, had, had a vision of Christ. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me, what? A great voice as of a trumpet. 11. Saying, I am what? Alpha and Omega. The first and the last. And what thou seest, write in a book and send it unto the seven churches. Which are in Asia, unto Ephesus, unto Spina, unto Pagamos, and Tyre, and unto Sardis. Next verse. And unto Philadelphia and unto Laodicea. 12. And I turned to see the voice that spake with me. And being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto who? The Son of Man. Clothed in a garment 
down to the foot, glory to God, and got about the pouch with a golden girdle, 14, his head and his hairs were what? White like wool, as white as what? And his eyes were what? Abba. When he looks, demons scatter. Go back, I mean, uh, 15, 15. And his feet like unto fine brass, as if they burned in a furnace. And his voice as the sound of many waters. Wow, 16. And he had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth, look at this, out of his mouth went what? A sharp two-edged sword. And his countenance was what? Somebody's countenance. Shining like what? Shining in his what? Full strength. How many of you have been able to look at the sun in his full strength? You, you move your eyes away. That's Jesus. In his resurrected form, verse 17. Verse 17. And when I saw him, what did he do? I fell at his feet as dead. Compare this to the ones we always see every time. Like he's still there. Like that's the only part of the story. His face radiant like the sun in his full strength. A two-edged sword coming from his mouth. His eyes like flames of fire. That's the resurrected Christ. And this is just a miniature kind of description. If you go through Revelations, you find many other descriptions of him in that dominion state. No wonder when you encounter him, destiny can never remain the same. And I want to invite anybody in this service, you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I'm not introducing a religious Jesus to you. I'm introducing a Savior that alters a man's story forever. Hallelujah. Forever. Forever. Say, Peter, your name will change. You are Peter unstable. Now you'll be Peter the rock. Glory to God. Even Saul was a terrorist. When he met Christ, his name changed from Saul to Paul. And he became an apostle to, all, to many nations. Now we speak of Paul every time. This is the Jesus that we know this is the Jesus that changes a man's story. I wouldn't be standing before you without him. I mean, I, I have cousins. I have family members. I, I know what people go through in terms of life, raw life. It's only Jesus that altered my own story. That is where destiny starts from. And in case you are here, you have received Jesus for some time, but you have left Jesus and, and, and married the church. Or married, you know, social things. The vitality of Jesus is no more in your life. You realize that those natural things begin to show up in your life again. Jesus changes a man's story. It is where destiny ought to start. As I close this morning, I want us to look at this man's, we used to kind of ridicule him, but let's look at it from another perspective. From the perspective of meeting Christ, the man at the pool of Bethesda, Let's go uh, to Luke. Is it Luke? Um, or John. John chapter 5. John chapter 5. Thank you very much. John chapter 5 as one. John chapter 5. Yeah, just look at the story and then you can understand what I mean by when you encounter Christ, there is an alteration. The definition changes. Destiny resurrects. And it's a positive destiny. It's a great destiny. John chapter 5 verse 1. Are you there this morning? If you are there, say amen. And, this, and, and after this, there was a feast of the Jews. And Jesus went up to where? Jerusalem. Verse 2. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a what? Please follow the story. A pool which is called in the Hebrew having five porches. Verse 3. In this day lay a great multitude of impotent folk. Just imagine that. That is all kinds of people with problems. All kinds. Blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. Verse 4. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the... Whosoever stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease that he had. Now this is a story. Um, there's a pool. An angel comes a particular season 
And how many people get saved? Is, can, you, can you live on, on that? Doesn't it look like luck? The chances are very slim. If you read, if another version says, hundreds of deceased people. An angel comes, and then only one person gets healed. Maybe the angel comes once in a year. You can't depend on that, and that's how life is. People depend on, you know, luck. If I can make it, Messi made it, Ronaldo made it. If I can just make it, like every footballer, you know, the number of footballers that have not made it are a thousand times more, a million times more than the one that have made it. But as this, if maybe luck will just shine upon me. So hundreds of people waiting to be healed. The angel comes and only one person gets healed. Not that when the angel comes, everybody around will get healed. Only one person. Verse 5. Verse 5. And a certain man was there. I don't know whether that man is here too in this service. You have been going through things for many years. A certain man was there which had an infirmity. How many years? That's what happens about luck. 38 years. Verse 6. When Jesus saw him lie and knew, look at this, and knew that he had been now there. I mean, a long time in that case. A long time in that case. He said unto him, will thou be made whole? The impotent man answered him, sir, I have no Man, there are many of you, when you look at destiny, you're always thinking in terms of, I know somebody. I know that senator. My uncle is very rich. He's the manager of Nigerian breweries. 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 I even pronounce the breweries very well. My father is this. And that's why I, I need to present this Jesus at the start of this series. That though you came from outside Lagos, or though you don't know any man, you're all right. Just know the man. This guy said, apparently the other guys that have been entering into the water, people have been helping them. Maybe the people are sick, like him, but their family members are around. Waiting for the angel, they are very strong. The moment angel enters water, they just push the person inside. But say, I don't know anybody. Oh, God. So I... I so I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. Verse 8. But while I'm coming, another steps down before me. Are you striving for things? And it looks like people are faster than you. You look like you are disadvantaged. I wish I know someone. Some people think, I wish I know the pastor. Don't need to be close to the pastor as it were. He said, before, I just said unto him, rise, take up thy bed, and walk. Verse um, 9, and immediately, the man was made. Today, as we accept Jesus with our hearts, 38 years of generational things can be erased in one day. Immediately, so I don't know what will be happening. My auntie did not give birth, my uncle did not give birth, my grandmother too said that she didn't give birth when she was in the village. All those 40 years, 58 years, 30 years of story, an encounter with Jesus changes it. And immediately, the man was made whole. 38 years problem. This is an encouragement for me that I don't care what has been happening in your lineage for years, or I don't even care what your story has been till now. An encounter with Jesus redefines you. He was made whole and took up his bed and walked. You will walk again. You know, uh, we might not have this particular challenge physically, but some have it with their destiny. It's crippled. Destiny looks impotent. They can't move. They can't make progress. Career stuck. Business held down. Everything just on the same spot. But today, as we as we put Jesus where he's supposed to be, there'll be immediate changes. This man walked, and it was a Sabbath day, Sunday. You know, this life is very humorous. Because it was a Sunday, the Pharisee was now blaming Jesus. 
how can you heal somebody on Sabbath day? When your story changes, some relatives in your family will wonder, how can? Pastor Deboe came from a very poor family. Many people don't know his story. Very poor family. He was so poor that the day his father bought an umbrella, they had celebrations in their family. Umbrella. The first asset. Umbrella celebrating. When he built a house in the village, one small place, some people in the village were mocking him that you that we thought cannot get the finger of a goat. For many years, I think up to like 18 years, he never wore a sandal or a slippers. Most people don't know the story. <laughs> now he's a global citizen. Speaks in parliaments all over the world. Even United Nations recognizes him. Uh, I know you come to this church, but I hope you know Jesus Christ. That can stop 38-year issue one day, one Sunday, like today, like today. 38 years. Immediately the man was made whole. Whole. He walked. He walked. That means certain things that are not happen in your lineage. With Jesus, you will do it. You will do it. You will acquire assets. That's the new destiny you have. He didn't come and start telling him story. No, I'm Jesus. I'm sorry for your situation. You have to wait for the angel to come next year. I pray that God will help you. I'll see you later. No. Forget angel. I don't come. Immediately, immediately, immediately. And then we close from Jeremiah 29 verse 11. This is helping us define our destinies or redefine it in case it, they have given you a wrong image about who you are. Jeremiah 29 11. You know what? Let's read. Um, I, I just like uh, to break it down a bit. Um, um, we, we read John 5, right? 1 to 9. Can we get it from message translation from 7 to 9? Just those three verses. Just to see how message translation um, describes that um, story. Message of that John 5, 7 to 9. As we partake of the communion today, long-standing issues will be stopped. There will be a radical departure from a negative past. In the name of Jesus Christ. In fact, in the book of Hebrews, it says Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. Your case might have been 18 years. Some people, 10 years. Some, 25 years. Even if your case is more than 38 years, it just shows you that no matter how long it has been, when you, when you come on the scene with Christ, there is a radical change. This man has been struggling every year. Some of you came to Lagos from village, and you have been struggling. But as you turn to Christ, I say, Jesus, you are my savior. You are my Lord. And you are the definition of destiny. And with you, destiny is positive. Destiny is right. John 5, 7 to 9, uh, message translation. Do you have it now? John 5, 7 to 9, MSG. Okay, while we're doing that, uh, can we open our own Bible? So Jeremiah 29, 11. I think they are. Your system is making noise. Oh, he needs Jesus. Okay, thank you. The sick man said, Sir, when the water is stirred, I don't have anybody to put me in the pool. By the time I get there, somebody else is already in. Next verse. Jesus said, Get up, take your bedroll, and start walking. The man was healed on the spot. On the spot, he picked up his bedroll and walked off. You are walking away from the darkness of generational curses. You are walking away from generational curses. You are walking away from your negative past. I hope you can see what that means. 38 years problem and then he just walked off. Believe me, between now and December, they will recognize you differently, huh? They will recognize you differently in the name of Jesus Christ. Look, look, people of God, when something has troubled you for 38 years, they become your name. In fact, it's a blind Bartimaeus. Is that the name they gave him? When they were doing the ceremony, they say blind Bartimaeus. And I say his name shall be blind Bartimaeus. It's Bartimaeus and a surname. But the situation changes, you know, the definition of his destiny. 
is not blind Bartimaeus. Now, 38 years, there will be a name. Where is that your cousin? And, you know, there is, the, the, the important one is there. But I can imagine him walking to the house. They'll first run away anyway. They will be you. Are you the one? Is he his angel? Like that of Peter. Walking out of death into life. So, what I'm saying is, your encounter with Christ, I mean Jesus Christ, not Pastor Yemi David. If I end up with Pastor Yemi David, it's Yemi David preaching Christ to you. When, when Philip preached Christ in Samaria, joy filled the city. It's Christ. He's the head of this church, Global Impact Church. He's the one, if you meet him, or if you have met him, but you've backslidden, and you refresh, oh, long-standing matters can be dissolved in an hour. Is on the spot, 38 years, if doctors were treating that matter medically, he might get healed, but the treatment can take two years, which it looks fair, 38 to two years. But on the spot, and that happened to Peter, sir, that day, a fisherman became an apostle. On the spot, he said, I just showed you that I could bless your business, but you have a greater value for God than that. Peter, you become a fisher of man. So I see people encountering God through Christ in a new dimension today. This eight, eight weeks. And even, even me, when I look at myself, I wonder, is it me? My mother was uh, talking at my birthday match. She said, sometimes she wonders, is it through her that this child came out? The one that came out from you is not the same one. That one met Jesus along the line. That's why even you cannot recognize him. If it was left to you alone that just gave birth to him, you can say, okay, he did a chemistry in university or this course. He's, doing, he's working in uh, insurance company. You know? That's the normal. But this one met Christ like Peter met Christ. You'll be a pleasant surprise to yourself. You'll be a pleasant surprise to your generation. Jesus will pick you from where you are and make you great after the order of Abraham. Jeremiah 29, 11. Quickly. Jeremiah 29, 11. So when, they, when you hear destiny, I beg you to define it in Christ. Not based on the Gomina. Or Romi. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord. What are the thoughts? Thoughts of what? Thoughts of what? And not of evil. So don't ever see evil as part of your destiny. That it was God that wrote it that the person will die on the highway. Who said, Satan comes to steal, to kill. And to destroy. But if you are a child of light. And you don't know what you have. That's why they call him the thief. He can come and steal. For I know the thoughts. That I think toward you say the Lord. Thoughts of peace. There will be peace in your marriages. Peace in our future. God is not the author of confusion. Glory to God. Thoughts of peace. Peace. Peace like a river. And not of evil. These are his thoughts concerning our destiny. Verse 12. Okay, to give you an expected end. Verse 12. Then you shall call upon me and you shall go and do what? Uh -huh. When you see this destiny in Christ, it drives your prayer life. That Lord, this thing that happened in my parents, but it's not going to, because you are in my life. He said, then you shall call upon me and you shall go and do what? Pray unto me and I will hack him. So we pray these things to pass. We pray it to pass. Ah, we pray destiny to pass. He said, then you shall call upon me and you shall go and pray unto me and I will hack him unto you. Look at the next verse, 13. He said, and you shall seek me. And what? Find me when you shall search for me. With what? Aha! That is how destiny is born. The one that you have been given. You now bath it with heavy search. Heavy seeking of God. Not, not seeking fame. And seeking Christ. 
not following idol worshipping, not trying to please the world and trying to be a Christian. One leg in the church, one leg in the world. You know, you seek him with all your heart. That is when those thoughts of peace begin to manifest. Many that had their destinies redefined by Christ, they sought him. Blind Bartimaeus shouted, son of David, have mercy. It's like he knows that I don't have to remain blind. My destiny can be restructured. So he shouted, then you shall come unto me and pray unto me. And Jesus Christ said, what do you want me to do for you? That I may receive my sight. They cried. The woman with the issue of blood went behind the scenes and said, if I can touch the hem of his garment, my story will change. I can't live, I can't say this. You know, my pastor says, don't mistake your condition for your destiny. You know, that uh, Bratimos is blind. He now begins to, say, that's my own destiny to be blind forever. Or with the issue of blood. That is, no, don't mistake your condition for your destiny. No, don't. That's where prayer comes in. And then you see an alteration. Even at the can of Galilee when there was no wine, Thank God they turned to Jesus. If they turned to somebody else, they were looking for money. Looking for stress. But they turned to Jesus and the story changed. I don't know what has finished in your life. Joy, peace. Jesus has it in abundance. Today, enter into the joy of salvation. I, I want you to hate religion with a passion. I know we have to fill it up when we do forms. Uh, which religion? Buddhi, uh, Muslim. So many people now see Christianity as a religion. And many people now have religious attitude, which is fake. So they come to church in an emblem. And the same person when he steps out is going to somewhere devil, devilish. Religion has no power in it. It's a relationship with Christ. That's why he said, you shall search for me with all your heart. And then things will change. If Jesus changes your heart, your attitude will change. Your character will change. But if you are plastic in your approach, just come into church and sit down. Many people, they behave religious on Sunday morning. Even someone that smokes, they won't smoke on Sunday morning. It's a church day. But when it's four o'clock, okay, church has finished. That's religion. Do's and don'ts. Outward things, but nothing inward. So we find many churches in Nigeria and many corruptions in Nigeria. You wonder the same man that is sitting in the church is embezzling billions. Why didn't the church is going to affect him from not stealing? Because he has not encountered him well. Many things you don't do is because you have a conviction in your heart. I'm sure you know that. If there's no conviction, you do it. And it's only Christ that creates that conviction. That's why your relationship with him matters more than any other thing. Don't be, don't be acting, acting. Bless you, bless you. And you are still in the morning, you are still blessing the people. Bless you. Bless you. Then they call the pastor. Yes, sir. Oh, yes, sir. They know how to act. Oh, yes, sir. They say, go and see money. Acting. But you are not part of those people. Amen. The people are not here. They are outside. Not even in Goodland. They are outside. Far. On the express, not even in Lagos. Rise up on your feet. Amen. Glory to God. I preach to you, Christ, the Savior. I, I see people's destinies redefined today. I mean, I, I mean, 38 years. You know, Mr. Alda was here. He said, the, the, even if the first 40 years of your life is uneventful, it doesn't mean the next 40 will not be filled with exploits. Look at that man. Life just started. If you couldn't go to school before, you will go to school now. If you couldn't marry before, he will marry now. Just imagine the, the realities of walking off. So I see people walking into new things. I just want you to bless Jesus this morning. Even if you are joining our church for the very first time. Look, I know you are not perfect. All he's asking is that you seek him with your heart. And then begins to perfect your life. Wherever you are, some of us are watching on TV this morning. You're watching on, on, online this morning. I just want you to surrender all to Jesus. Surrender all to Jesus. Surrender all to Jesus. Surrender all to Jesus. And bless Jesus, you are the bride. 
redefines destiny we want to walk in that Jesus ordained destiny not village ordained destiny not experience ordained destiny but Jesus ordained destiny when you reach the end of your rope God is there to take over so I, I want each one of us even if you are the last bus stop no problem Jesus begins right now Jesus changes everything right away Holy Spirit glorify Jesus in the hearts of men Holy Spirit glorify Jesus let people encounter Jesus in their hearts let people understand him let people see him let him be the center of their joy the center of our lives help us to seek Jesus Holy Spirit with all of our heart to seek Jesus with all of our heart I have found the friend in Jesus He's everything to me He's the fairest of 10,000 to my soul He's the In trouble is your rescue. He tells me everything. He's the lead of the valley. The Sorrow is your comfort. 
in trouble he's your strength he tells me every solemnly just get seated where we are just before we pray for the communion today I want to pray for those who want to return to Christ you are in this particular service I want ushers to um, get ready with their uh, cards please I'm, I'm very ready if you're in this service you want to rededicate your heart to Christ or you don't know him at all you want to get saved now that you know better just put up your right hand and I will pray with you he loves you even before your parents knew God bless you sir I just love that. God bless you. If you want to join them, I can see your hand out there. God bless you. God bless you. He will do what parents can never do. Never. Ever. 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 Thank you. Thank you for that hand there. Thank you for that hand. I can see your hand. God bless you, sir. I can see your hand out there. God bless you, lady. I see your hand. Thank you, sir, for that hand. Thank you, sir. Now, if you're putting up your hand, put the other hand on your chest. If you want to join them, don't, 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 don't play church. Don't play church. You need a relationship with him. Your pastor will not be with you everywhere, but Christ will be with you everywhere. He's the one that is the owner and the head of this church. Without him, your coming is fake, as it were. So I'd I like if you, you want to rededicate your heart to Christ, just put one hand up so the ushers can notice, and then the other hand on your chest. Just one hand up, okay? And ushers, please take note of those hands. Uh, and if you are putting your hands up, say after me, say, Lord Jesus. I, I love you. I, I thank you for paying the price for me. Jesus, come into my heart. Be the Lord of my life. Be the Savior of my soul. I agree that you paid the price for my resurrection. Jesus, you are my Lord and Savior. And from this moment, I declare that I am saved. I'm redeemed from darkness, from shame, from sin, from lusts, from evil to serve the living God. And from this moment, I'm a child of God. I have Jesus altering my, the entire course of my life in a positive way. I am blessed, super blessed in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Let me pray with you, Lord. Thank you for this great people lifted their hands in faith and declared their faith in Jesus the power of darkness is broken of their lives they have a new day on this 10th day of July 2016 they have a radical departure from their past on the spot changes radical transformation in their destiny and now they walk in light and not in darkness Holy Spirit take hold of them inside they will never return back to darkness. Thank you, Father, for their lives. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Glory to God. Please, our ushers will give you a card. would want you to fill it properly, very importantly, with your details. want to pray for you and make sure you match on with your great decision that you have made in Christ. want to invite you for the membership school uh, and then you can grow up and also our prayer team wants to pray for you so that you can grow up and fulfill this destiny. I pray for all of you. Like Peter's destiny became that that pleases God. Your own destiny will be that that glorifies God. People will look at you not too long from now and wonder. And when they say it in your presence, tell them, it is Jesus that's in my life. It is Jesus that's in my soul. What parents couldn't do for me, what friends couldn't do for me, Jesus has made me because it's Alpha. And Omega is first and the last. He holds the key of death and of hell in his hand. So Satan has no more legality over your life. Thank you, Father. Everybody in the assembly, can we put our hands on our chest? On our chest. Father, we thank you today. Thank you for Jesus Christ. Everyone that encountered him had radical changes. We receive Jesus into our hearts. We confess Jesus as our Lord. Even today as we partake of his flesh and his blood, we experience internal changes, character revolution. Let, your, let, 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 let that change be so visible that people will acknowledge Christ in our lives. Lord, and I want to pray 
just the way the man in John chapter 5, after 38 years of struggles, of pain, of disappointments, of shame, of all kinds of, of, of horror, when you met him, there was instant change. As we partake of your flesh and your blood, whatever negative matters had infiltrated anyone's life, be it for 15 years, be it for 12 years, be it 8 years, be it 38 years, whatever number of years, Jesus, I bring that matter under your feet. And I command today, the day of complete deliverance in the name of Jesus Christ. This week, they will see the signs of change. They will see the signs of change. They will see the signs of change. As we partake of your flesh and your blood, God's people will walk away from shame. They will walk away from shame. They will walk away from ugliness. Right into destiny. We give you glory, Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name. Please put your hands together for the Lord this morning.